powder folks, let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Yeah! Oh, whoa, yeah. Woo, this league. How was that? I think that was fire, electric. Thanks. Where's your record deal? Thanks. I don't know. Freaking hit me up, dog. Welcome in to episode trace of season three of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mitchum, with the OG crew, my best friends. We got Tim Raider. Howdy, howdy. What's up? We got Aaron Hunt. Word. And we got a fantastic show for you today. It is the evening of Wednesday, June 10th, 2021. And we got a packed show. First, we are going to go around some news from around the league. Some impacts of some certain trades and some certain holdouts and some certain injuries. We're going to go over it, who that impacts in the league and how we feel about it. And then we got, again, we re-enter the This League trade ring. Two teams enter one team exits the victor. We've had three trades since we've all last to we since we've all last talked to each Crazy. other. So we got a lot to go over. And then of course we have the post draft power rankings. We're going to briefly go over what the way too early power rankings were at the end of last season. And then we're going to unleash the latest post draft power rankings. We had the draft, we had all of the trades. A lot of movements happened since our last power rankings update. So we're excited to bring that to you. Fellas, question of the day. What's your favorite color? Green. It's always been green. Nothing but green. Yeah, I got to go with red. I feel like I have a lot of red clothing just from my high school days. Mine's like a macaroni yellow. Shut up. Yours is blue. Yellow. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is blue. Go Colts. (laughs) Go Chelsea. By the way, Chelsea, I think the last time since I've talked, European champions of the world. That's right. Massive underdogs against City. That was hype, but this is not a soccer podcast. This is a fantasy football podcast. Before we get on to the show, of course, we got to do the drink of the day. Tim, what are we sipping on, big dog? Now, why don't you start, Chris? I'm I'm sipping on the uh, the holy water that the Holy Spirit gives my heart. Um, every day uh, as a son of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm speaking wine? That's what I'm sipping on. Got some wine? No, but that's actually a pretty good <laughs> shout. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm not drinking on anything. Yeah. Unfortunately. Boo. Everybody boo this man. If you're in your car at home listening to this, boo. Don't, don't, listen to them. don't listen to them. Oh, you know, I, it's, it's summertime, right? June 10th. It's hot outside. I did some yard work, so... I rewarded myself with a nice ice cold glass of fruit punch to refresh myself. The kids love fruit punch. Well, looks like I'm the only one who's drinking alcohol this evening. So I have an El Gato, which is a can that I got from actually Chris's Peace Restored uh, charity golf outing. There was El Gato in this glass right here. I drank it and I didn't get a new one before the pod started. Yeah, Chris, let me yeah. have approximately eight or nine of the total 100 plus cans that he stuffed into a duffel bag 
I felt like uh, just a peasant trying to get some sort of share. Listen, listen. First of all, for those who came out to the Peace Restored Golf Outing, thank you. It was successful. But whenever you have leftover beer from somebody that donated it, you don't just give it to the golf course. I mean, yeah, thanks for having us. Right. So I grabbed a random duffel bag that was in my car and shoved it full of beer and gave Aaron his fair share. And I, I, I got my cooler full of beer. I don't know. I didn't know if that was for me or if I was holding it for you, but it's all in the fridge. Oh, that's for you, dog. Oh, sick. Yeah, Aaron. See, I Thank gave you. Tim like out quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I have to take a picture of it, but I, I didn't oh, need to know that. I didn't need Aaron, to know. Either that. of us gonna have to fill in for Chris's annoying slurp that he usually does on drink of the day. Oh, or do it, do it, do it, do it. I don't think I can match it. I don't know how he. Right, you does try it. first. <laughs> You're this is a lot. That was I really airy. Like, I just like okay, airy. Okay. I don't know what it. It's like so carbonated. Do it. Nobody can do it like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody slurps Guys, like what is, Chris. What is, what is going on? We are <laughs> off the rails. It's just airy. Sorry. Nobody slurps like Chris. Promise, I'm not drunk. I promise. <laughs> Hey, I think one of us has done this show drunk one time. Actually, no, it's a lie. We we've done it multiple times. Yeah, back during the say. quarantine roommate <laughs> days. Jeez. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Let's get to the news. All right. So we had some big pieces of news since we talked to you last month. Obviously, the biggest news that hit the waves about a week ago. Huge implications across the fantasy world. Todd Gurley being. I'm just kidding. Um, no, we'll, we'll honestly start with the big one. Everybody's waiting to hear about it. Uh, the Julio Jones, no longer an Atlanta Falcon. Uh, Matt Ryan loses a weapon. Atlanta uses loses a sweetheart traded to the Tennessee Titans. Now, obviously, that has implications across the fantasy world. You're looking at Tannehill. You're looking at A.J. Brown. You're looking at Calvin Ridley. You're looking at Kyle Pitts. Really just uh, a lot of different impacts. So, Aaron, when you... What was like your initial reaction whenever you like heard it and like boom? What was the first thing you thought of? Uh, you know, when I first heard it, I kind of just thought great offense in real life, but for fantasy purposes for Julio, I think it it can be a downgrade objectively, just because the Titans don't pass as much as the Falcons do. The Falcons passed, I believe, uh, the most in the league last year uh, per you know pro football focus and all the statistics that they have. So um, you can maybe quote me on that later. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but I know they were up there. So uh, I think for him, he's going into a more run first offense. I think the opportunities for him to be peppered with targets from a Matt Ryan are not there anymore. So he's really going to have to capitalize on the targets that he does get from Ryan Tannehill. And I do think it just gets some pressure off of AJ Brown as well. So I like it, um, but I think, you know, there might be it's, – it's to be determined, really, as far as just how much of a downgrade just because of the lack of passing. Yeah, if you're a Titans fan, I think you're pretty happy. You know, add another weapon to the offense. If you're a Julio manager in fantasy, you're kind of like, eh, I'm kind of glad I got off of him last year. But. If you're a Colts fan, Kenny Moore, please grow six inches. But <laughs> – yeah, T- Tannehill gets a big Cold bump. A.J. Brown is probably a bump, maybe lo- loses some touchdowns. But, 
And then, uh, you know, there's one small receiver in Atlanta left, I think. I don't remember his name. I think it starts with like Alvin. Al- Alvin? I mean, Kyle Pitts is like 6'6". I don't know what you're talking about. but <laughs> You guys hear that? It's the damn steam train that is Calvin Ridley's fantasy value. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep. Oh. Top three. It's got to be top three consensus anywhere you look. Oh, baby. And I mean, like, you know, again, Kyle Pitts, I'm a big wait until you see it kind of guy, but this does nothing but help him, I think. No need, no need, no need. Let me tell you, no need. Way down on the totem pole, I will say. I've been hanging on to Russell Gage since last year, so who knows? That is true. Who I, knows? I, I, I did dabble the waiver wires to see if he was available, and he said you can tr- get him from Tim, and I was like, shucks. <laughs> I dabbled. Yeah, I was like, R- Ridley's going to get all the double teams. So, and Gage played. He played pretty well last year. Whenever so, Julio I mean, was out, yeah, he did. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic I might be able to flex him a couple weeks this year. Yeah, it's a potential. But can we agree? So Clayton has both Julio and Tannehill, um, and Stephen has AJ Brown. Um, of course, Stephen's really strong wide receiver core remains strong, but I think we can all agree that Julio and AJ Brown both get just minor dips. Nothing big, but I mean. Whenever you have another stud wide receiver across from you, you know, targets are going to go away. So right. <clears throat> maybe minor dips for them. Tannehill, I think, is a big winner. Calvin Ridley's a big winner. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a big winner. And Matt Ryan, I think, is maybe the biggest loser. Maybe. So those are kind of just like my initial thoughts. So um, we'll go on to a one quarterback of Don Perignon, Aaron Rodgers. Is it a thing? Is it not? He's a no-show at camp so far. Uh, Tim, this would arguably have even more implications than Julio Jones's trade if Aaron Rodgers decides either to go elsewhere or doesn't show up to Green Bay. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, he's got the targets, he's got the weapons in Green Bay. You know? So, I mean, Don right now is sitting only Aaron Rodgers at his quarterback. So, if oh, he man. doesn't play or he sits out a little bit, you know, who's Don going to pick up? Um, but then also, you know, you're looking at Jordan Love, Blake Bortles, who might get to throw to Devontae Adams. I don't know that there's much there, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, going into the draft, our rookie draft, I thought Don might flirt with taking a quarterback in the second round just because of that fact that he had Aaron Rodgers and there was already some murmurs of him possibly missing camp and being unhappy, so – uh, for Don's sake, I do hope that Aaron Rodgers shows, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is notably stubborn and I think is pretty fed up with the organization. He's made his money, so I don't think he really cares about the fines that are possibly coming his way. I think this is we're in for a long holdout uh, if something doesn't happen. I think at the end of the day, he shows. I really can't. I think he's going to be in Green Bay at the end. I think they're just kind of playing footsie right now. I think I agree. Yeah, I think he stays there. I think all your Devontae Adams shares are safe, Aaron. Barring, I hope so. <laughs> barring catastrophe. Um, Please come back, Aaron. <laughs> right. Uh, we will move on to the 49ers running back injury. It might not seem like a lot. Jeff Wilson going down. Definitely going to miss the start of the season, potentially halfway through the season. Um, but this is Dynasty. And the good thing about Dynasty is every little piece of news impacts somebody somewhere, Right. So Jeff Wilson, you get one less guy in that Niners backfield. My immediate thought whenever I heard that was Raheem Mostert 
is now even more confident. I've always been kind of a Raheem Mostert guy. Full transparency, I tried to get him off of Dawn after I got Zeke <laughs> off him, actually, just to kind of try and get another guy. But um, I, I, all the running backs, yeah, give me all of them. But I, I still like Raheem Mostert. But obviously, the the elephant in the room is Trey Sermon. Tim, how do you does that immediately catapult him into RB two? What do you think that means? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all as it's a rookie running back for Kyle Shanahan offense. So I, I don't really know a whole lot out of him if he's got the pass pro up and running yet, or if he's going to even make much of an impact. But I agree that this is definitely a Raheem Mostert driven uh, newsworthy segment here. He, if he's going to have a comeback or another fantasy, you know, relevant year, it's going to be this year with the lack of depth behind him. Um, and it was kind of, you know, 49ers running backs last year struggled with injury. You know, I started Jamichael hasty in the playoffs, I think, and <laughs> that didn't go well oh, for me. Yeah. The, cl- the classic, <laughs> the haste man. Yeah. So, you know, 49ers and running backs, you start, never really know, but for Clayton and you know, Trey Sermon, that's, that's looking like a good pickup. Yeah. I think it makes the picture a little more clear, uh, just not having, a proven commodity like Jeff Wilson uh, on the field available to get uh, snaps and shares away from Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert. But um, I don't think it's super smooth sailing for Trey Sermon just yet. I mean, he did have third round draft capital, but with that type of capital, you still have to prove something. And, um, you know, in college, Trey Sermon really only popped for one year. So OH, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Shout out Ohio state. Um so I think, you know, we'll kind of wait and see, but uh, to be determined if Trey Sermon really makes an impact this year, I could see him definitely next year, though. All right, and we'll move on to second-to-last piece of news. we got the biggest one to end it all. Second-to-last piece of news, there's little whispers. Um, a man who still views himself as a top-10 running back in the league could <laughs> be on the move. One legend, first ballot Hall of Fame fantasy running back, Todd Gurley potentially going to Baltimore. He was flirting with Detroit for a while, potentially Baltimore. Uh, he get is the, the gun, perfect. Get the gun ready. Just he, go ahead and get it, get it loaded. <laughs> he is the definition of a home wrecker, baby. He's like what the Devontae Freeman was last year. Like he was just always kind of hanging out and it's like, how oh, is he going to go and just ruin somebody's value? I just, uh, and I mean, it's, it's interesting here because we have the DeAndre Swift owner and Tim Raider, and we have the JK Dobbins owner and Aaron Hunt. So, uh, both of you guys have been puckering the buttholes. Yeah, I just, it's such a nightmare if he were to get signed by the Ravens, and it wouldn't make any sense. They just signed Gus Edwards to a pretty substantial deal for, I would say, the latter half of a committee. Was he at two, two so, year 10 mil, I think? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty, good. Some, that's pretty good, money. good money. Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely going to have a role. So you already had that at play, and then you just bring in a handicap, you know, literally. Todd Gurley, who literally <laughs> limps into touchdowns. So he would just vulture those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really hope it doesn't happen. How on earth was he like RB eight, like halfway through the season last year? <laughs> so he just dives for one yard, just oh man. touchdowns. He finished at 29. Yeah, I'm looking at it. He had nine touchdowns, nine rushing touchdowns last year. I would bet like easily over half of those came before like 
week 10 and before or week eight and before. Right. Yeah. When I woke up, whatever day that was that he was visiting the lions, I was not ready for that panic. Like I, I did not see that coming at all. Like the lions already got uh, Jamal Williams to back up Swift. So I'm like, if, if Gurley shows up, it's bye-bye touchdowns. It's not over. He still has not picked a team. He's, this feels like, you know, it's like one of those games where it's like targeting. He's like, oh, is he going to go here? Nope, you're safe for now. And then he goes and flirts with Aaron and the Ravens running back situation. But maybe he's safe. It's been a little bit of time, no contract yet. So literally anybody could get tanked. <laughs> Any one of our running backs could just get torn apart by Todd Gurley signing there. Whatever you do, don't put the New York Giants juju into the air. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> and the last piece of news, Tim, I'll let you announce this one, baby, because you're the one that brought it up. And I'm getting, I'm getting excited. Oh, this is, this is it. You know, we're, we're, we're so ready. This is the slow part of the off season. You know, our fantasy draft is done. The trades are rolling. I mean, we're picking up like we, the steam has, the steam engine has not slowed down at all, but we are less than a hundred days to kick off. Almost there. We are so close. I can taste it. And I mean, I'm just excited for it. It's in the air. You know, you can feel it. No, dude, when training Wonderful. camp starts coming around, I'm going to be like looking at pictures of Saquon's and AJ Dillon's quads. And I'm just going to be <laughs> feeling good, man. <laughs> feeling good. All right. Well, let's get on to what I think makes Dynasty Leagues. And I have a surprise for the league. Check this out. The This League Trade Ring. There it was, ladies and gentlemen. The This League trade ring is open for business again, just like the last episode, the trade wing, the trade wing? Trade wing. Trade wingo. Yeah. (laughs) We know the drill, though. Two teams enter the This League trade ring, believing they improve improve their trade via trade. Oh, my gosh. I'm having a seizure. Sorry. They believe they you got this. You got this. Come on. Their team via trade. (sighs) But only one (laughs) will lead the trade ring. Trade ring. Yes. Victorious. Um, If you don't know how it works, of course, one of us will describe the components of the trade. We'll count to three. All say a name and then fight each other to the death on why one side is right and one side is wrong. But first of all, what's up with all these trades, though? Like, what what happened? Like, since the since the draft? Hey, what happened, dude? I I don't know. I mean, I just feel like everybody is so locked in and just trying to get their team to be either you know better for the future or better now, and people are really starting to get their strategies in year two um, solidified. So it's going to be fun. We got so many competitive teams that we'll obviously get into later, but. It's, it's going to be awesome. I agree. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into the first matchup. We have, it was May 24th. It was the Lovebirds, the roommates. They probably do a lot more than fancy football together. We had Stretch taking on Anthony. And here we go. Stretch received Devin Singletary and a 2022 first round pick. Okay. Anytime you see a first-round pick involved in something, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. What does Anthony receive in return? Anthony receives the rookie, the, was it, fifth overall pick in the 2021 rookie draft. 
Mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, running back from Jacksonville. So, Stretch receives Devin Singletary in a 2022 first. Anthony receives Travis Etienne. That is your trade. Those are your components. I will count us down. On go, or after I count down from three, we'll say a name and we'll discuss. Are you ready, gentlemen? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> three, two, one. Stretch. Anthony. Tim, did you say stretch? I said stretch, yeah. You got two stretch, one Anthony. All right, Aaron. We'll let you go. We'll let you go. You want me to go first? Okay. Defend Anthony's honor. All right. So I picked Anthony on this, and the reason I did was I feel like the Travis for Devin is kind of a wash. So he gets his running back, and he gets a running back that is – more talented for sure. And will definitely have a role with his, you know, first round capital Uh, and the 2022 first round. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, But in my opinion, I think Anthony is good enough to where it's going to be a mid round pick or later. So in the 2022 draft class, I won't divulge, you know, too much, but when you get outside of those top picks, I'm just not seeing a lot of talent there offensively that you can plug in right away and have fantasy impact like you would for the 2021 class uh, that we just had. So the fact that Anthony just addressed his biggest weakness on his roster, which was his second RB, and you get somebody who is, we know, talented and is going to be utilized in some creative ways in Jacksonville. uh, I think that he's going to... uh, shine. I think he really will. I think they're going to be able to utilize him in some ways that we're not thinking of. He's going to get some passing work and Travis Etienne bottom line is an upgrade from Devin Singletary. And it just makes Anthony's team better period. I think that you heard me last podcast, talk down Etienne and everything, the Jacksonville situation, James Robinson, and that's really, I mean, it's a close vote for me because this wasn't a big, you know, trade stretch basically just pushed his first round pick back a year. Cause I mean, the draft was, but a month ago, a little over a month ago. So I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot to go off of here. Stretch Singletary and Etienne were probably going to serve the same role flexing every once in a while or filling in on buys. Same for Anthony Etienne's like the potential is there to be an upgrade. I just don't see a way. I don't know. This is where we, you know, some sort of bet. I feel like, you know, health being a factor, I think Singletary finishes ahead of Etienne in fantasy rankings this year. I will bet you against that. Exactly. Wow. What a bet. You think Singletary is going to bet over, finish over Etienne? Yeah. Finish higher in our, in our, with our rankings or scoring. I would take Etienne. All right, God, we need we need like some kind of betting thing on this show. This yeah. podcast needs some sort of bet. If you're listening to this, what should our betting system be? Yeah, let us know. I already got the sound drop for it. There it is. There's your bet. Oh shit, I did it again. Okay, um, <laughs> scared me. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm actually gonna write that down and make note of it. Etienne yeah, we'll keep track of that versus we'll Singletary. As I do that, just my thoughts real quick. Um, Etienne is an upgrade over Singletary, period. Aaron, I'm totally on your side on that. Um, Singletary, is, he's only 23, that's for me. And no matter how you look at it, though, he's hes the top of the depth chart. I mean, sorry, Zach Moss, 
you're fine. But I think Singletary at the top of the depth chart of a very high-powered offense that it's not the worst thing you could do if you flex him, right? So he gets that depth piece who's maybe a low-end RB2 in a good, on a good day maybe. But that, that 2022 first-round pick for me, um, it's kind of what sets it over the edge. Uh, it's kind of a move that I don't know if Etienne would get into stretch his team necessarily, and he gets the first-round pick. So I, I think it's close. I think it's really close. And I think my initial reaction was siding with Anthony, but after I thought about it a little more, looked at how young Singletary is and um, just his, his production if he gets some work. I mean, he, he's a fine guy, and that's ultimately what Etienne could turn into. So. That's why I started with Stretch. Stretch wins the first fight of this round of the This League trade war. Congrats congrats to Stretch. We will move on to the next two, which kind of correlate, but we'll do them separately. So trade number two, I'll throw it over to Aaron. Aaron, what was the components of that one? Yeah, so Steven versus Chris in the next trade here. So we had Steven receiving CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then we've also got Chris receiving TJ Hawkinson, a 2022 second, and a 2023 first round pick. So that is the trade in its entirety. You guys ready to count it down? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, Chris. 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 Let's go. Clean sweep, baby. That's a knockout. Let's go. Uh, so Chris, well, well, we'll save Chris for last cause he was involved with the trade. Tim, what do you think? What's your initial thoughts and why'd you pick Chris as the winner? So initial thoughts, CH, you know, young running back didn't get a chance to show a lot last year. The chiefs O-line sucked and they're massively upgraded and you always like, you know, you want a piece of the chiefs offense. However, I just, you know, I'm not sold on them just yet. You haven't seen enough. On the other hand, Chris, TJ Hawkinson takes care of the tight end position. My full disclosure statement is I tried trading for him many times from Steven, and he wouldn't give up. He wouldn't budge. Um, and it was you know, no picks involved on his end. So um, I think that you've got great value getting back a first-round pick. You know, it's, it's two years out, but then even the second next year, I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious dub for you. Um plain and simple yeah yeah i mean i definitely think chris won the trade just because of how much i like tj hawkinson as the tight end it's pretty cool that you know steven had such a luxury to where he could trade away a top tight end like this i just think he gave away a little too much uh in my opinion you know if this trade was hawk and a 2022 second for ch i think that's you know I feel like that's a pretty equal trade, but because Chris got that first round pick as well, um, as well as just his tight end for the foreseeable future, I think it just pretty clearly goes to Chris. Um, Steven to, in his defense, he had to make a move, right? He had to get a running back somehow, some way, and he has the belief in CH. And so I think uh, that this trade shows that he believes in what Hilaire can do. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it pays off for him and if he lives up to uh, that type of value given away a lot of the future. Yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I don't think it's as obvious as you guys do. Um, I don't know if it's because I invested in CEH at the Ricky draft, so he's kind of one of my babies. But um, 
kind of like what Tim said, high-powered offense. You're going to be connected to Patrick Mahomes for the foreseeable future. Your offensive line upgraded dramatically, in my opinion. And I think I heard a stat from our friends over at Fantasy Pros that was like, um, if if Clyde Edwards-Alaire would have had one more touchdown before week eight during that time period, he would have been the RB4 during that time period. Like, that's how much touchdowns matter. So um, I think I'm really giving away at least a low-end RB1 here. Um, so I'm really going to be leaning on Saquon and Zeke, obviously. Uh, and But I say all that saying, I think the tight end tiers goes. Kelsey is in his own tier. Kittle and Waller are right there. And I think it goes Hawk, Andrews. So kind of that tier right there. They're in their own tier. And then Kyle, Kyle Pitts and everybody else. Um, yeah, I agree. So I was just kind of tr- tired of playing the game. You guys know I drafted like, you know, uh, I think I drafted Hayden Hurst, Jonu Smith, Chris Herndon. I picked up Cole Komet. I'm just trying to find that guy, and I just was like, screw it. So I know Steven needed running back help, um, so I did that. And uh, the next trade, we'll kind of see. As you guys know, I'm kind of a stickler for running back depth, so we'll kind of see uh, how I remedied that. But I appreciate your guys' support. That means a lot. So right. I will emerge – from trade two, the victor, and then we'll move on to trade three. And Sir Tim, who is entering the ring on this one? In this battle, on one corner, we have Aaron on screen here. And on the other corner, we have Chris. Chris is very active this week. Aaron receives in the trade a 2023 first-round pick, two years out first-round pick. Chris receives David Montgomery. Tim's favorite. In a 2023 <laughs> Third round pick. Don't even get me started. So, boys, are we ready? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah. Sounded like it. Uh, Okay, let's go. Three, two, one. Chris. Chris. Aaron. (laughs) So awkward. (laughs) Two guys on the pod. It's so weird. This could have just, I should have been the only one to vote on this one. Like, you guys got to vote yourselves. It's, yeah. Do you want me to dive into it or you guys want to take it away? You you kind of give the you kind of give the okay. non-biased side here. Okay, yeah. So my first my first reaction here was remembering how much last year I hated David Montgomery and how slow of a runner he is and how bad I thought he was. <laughs> then I went and looked. You hate his family. You hate his, <laughs> you hate everything about him. No, I did not say that. <laughs> then I went and looked. He finished as RB number four last year, and he's 23. Yes, Cohen was injured and took away, you know, because of that, Montgomery got a little bit more air yards and targets than he probably would have. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard for me to say that Chris loses the trade when he's going to get a – he gets an RB1. And, you know, when you kind of go back to the last trade he did, giving up Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I would pick David Montgomery over Alaire in in this year of fantasy football. Wow. Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, one thing I forgot to mention last time was another reason why I was kind of hesitant to pull that trigger on that Steven trade was because I know Clyde Edwards-Alaire will make Steven's team better this year. It just will. It gives him that running back that he kind of had an obvious hole. So I did that knowing he's a direct competitor, and I think I made his team a lot better. I'm not going to make Aaron's team better here until 2023, and in my opinion, I took a pretty good depth piece. Um, so if you're, we're kind of in the win now mindset, 
that was one reason why I decided to pull the trigger here. Um, and two, again, I just wanted the the depth. Uh, so outside of Saquon and Zeke, I now have you know Montgomery, Kenyon Drake, and AJ Dillon as that that you know what who knows what he could be. So I'm feeling okay there. Um, as you know, Aaron, I'm a big fan of the 2023 draft as of you. So kind of regret giving that one up, but I don't think this again. I don't think this trades that lopsided. Uh, but I guess I would lean with me just a little bit, just because I feel like I weakened a, a direct rival. That's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, I, I just thought this trade was pretty fair. Um, just because Chris needed running back depth pretty badly. Uh, if you look at his roster, he just doesn't have a lot of guys in case of injury that he can plug and play. Dave Montgomery will definitely be that for him. And then for me, I had a, I have a plethora of running back depth. I mean, if J.K. Dobbins goes down, I plug in Gus Edwards. If Gus Edwards goes down, I plug in Kareem Hunt. And, yeah, they're not going to be as great as J.K. Dobbins was, but it's not a huge drop-off. So I felt like I could give up that depth piece for uh, a first-round pick that I think is good value for David Montgomery, Um, which, in all honesty, I mean, uh, he was the RB4 last year, sure, uh, but just him being on my team, I was watching him all the time and bears games were on local television. He did not perform well against top defenses. He just flat out didn't. And so uh, he had a stretch of games there where he was scoring 25 points a game, but it was against the t- lowest of the lowest defenses in the league. And because the bears didn't do any offensive line uh, improvements that I thought were significant in the off season and the addition of Damian Williams. I don't know how that's going to factor plus Tariq Cohen taking away the passing game. I just felt like I had uh, enough justification to let him go and get a future piece that I know should be of good value wherever it is in the first round of 2023. Yeah. I think if, I think if he finishes a low end RB two, I'll be satisfied. It's really all I'm asking for. So, yeah. um, Tim, I had a question for you though. Yeah. Would would a first round pick coerced Miles Sanders from you? Honest, honest, honest question. If someone came up to me and offered a first round next year for Miles Sanders, yeah. Man, you put me on the spot. That's very tempting because I'm in a okay. position kind of like Aaron. I got you know I got you do some goodies do. to share. I was I was yeah. just saying because I, I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, man, I wish I would have thrown you know the first round of pick around to other folks because so I just kind of looked at who had good running back depth, and I kind of went to Aaron first, and um, but I was like, man, maybe I should have thrown that around to Tim. Maybe I could have got something from him. But I don't know. All is open for talks, man. All is in. That's why Dynasty is so awesome. If you want a big thing to happen to your team, go out and get it, baby. Go out and get it. So, um, okay. So just a quick recap. Trade number one, Stretch wins that one. Trade number two and trade number three. I come out victorious. Call me freaking Rocky, baby. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Back to back. Back to back. All right. Let's move on to what everybody's here for. We are here because it is time for the post-draft power rankings. Now, you said something earlier that I forgot. Did we we did a way too early 2021 power rankings after the season? We did. 
Um, and I'm going that to completely see. slipped my mind. I have it up. I can, I can read it off. Um, but I, I was, I completely forgot we did that. So do you want me to read? I'm going to read, uh, what we did for the way too early bottom to top. And then we're going to go team by team and go bottom to top in what we have as the post draft power rankings. So she said, all right. Ew. So in the the way too early 2021 power rankings, it was after the season before rookie draft from 10 to one, 10 Hayden in the then big Ben revenge tour, nine Clayton, the red rocket tight end seventh was team Don Perignon and the broad ripple swim team. Yeah. That's a big, that can be a big change right there. Potentially. Yep. Sixth place was team uninspired youth, Anthony who made it to the championship game. Uh, fifth place was the reigning champ, saving Matt Ryan. You Disrespect. Know. <laughs> yeah, that just makes you. Ooh. Uh, fourth place was Team Fairlife. Third place, Team or Mount Passmore. And second place was Burroughs Best. And at the top of the way too early power rankings, we had Let Russ Cook and Aaron Hunt. Wow. So revisiting that, the three of us are three of the top four. I mean, I'm pat myself on the back. We all pat ourselves on the back a little bit there. Just but, imagine when I get my number two overall pick back. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll run through these and let's see what has changed since then. Are you guys ready? I think so, man. I'm, uh, like I said, just the amount of trades that happened. We had the rookie draft. I mean, we're gonna do another power rankings probably the week before week one. Just you know, because you know the train. The, unfortunately, yep. the injuries in training camp are bound to happen. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's get into it, baby. Yeah, and a forward, real quick. This is why you guys in this league rock. All ten of the members completed the survey, so this ow, is a ow. consensus power rankings for the season. And just props to all of you. You guys really make this league a lot of fun, and that's why we love doing this type of stuff for y'all. Uh, love you all very much. Yeah, me too. Me three. All right. All right. Let's get into this. So the power rankings after the draft going into the 2021 season in 10th place with 16 points is team Don Perignon. Wow. Tied from seventh down to 10th. And I'll kick off here. I'll say Don's done a lot of moves that we've talked about to make his team more future oriented. He's really not like throwing in the towel, but he's really playing for the future. So it makes a lot of sense why this year he might drop to the bottom of the rankings. I, I think I'm more surprised by who is not 10th than I am Don being 10th. Um, I mean, he's got some good pieces. Jonathan Taylor, Odell Beckham, Juju, Aaron Rodgers. That's Terry Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's that's probably that's probably about it that he's got zero depth zero depth i mean right he has right, nobody right. down there hey um, curtis samuel curtis samuel todd Gurley, <laughs> evan ingram todd Gurley. get get that man a cane um Jeez. yeah i just yeah i mean yeah like you said the 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 future is bright for him 2022 first he has he has three 2022 first right now yep and yeah, just John's going to be a completely different team. Yeah. Completely different team yeah. after the next year's draft. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I feel like he's got some decent pieces, right? I mean, Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you put those 
neck and neck with any running back wide receiver combo in the league. And if Aaron Rodgers shows up, he's going to still be old Aaron Rodgers, at least for this year, for sure. Uh, Mostert, I mean, yeah. So he, he's got a team, I think, that's going to compete for wins each week. And just, yeah, the fact that he has so many picks for next year is uh, pretty scary. Um, uh-huh. He's going to be getting, you know, at least – one or two studs. He's just got a hit on a couple. Got a hit. <clears throat> Don't screw least. this up, dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So all the stakeholders uh, are saying. Bit of a surprise. I mean, I I didn't have Don obviously number one, but I didn't have him last. I didn't so. either. I thought the guy I had last was obvious. But I guess not. Don's highest vote was for seventh place. The rest were ninth and tenth. Okay. So we'll move on here. Let's go up to coming in ninth place. The newly named Country Roads all take right, Mahomes. Right, there he is. Hayden's <laughs> got 20 points through the voting system. Four points above Don. And so let's look at Hayden's votes all came for ninth, tenth, and then he had two seventh place votes. So Hayden's one of those guys. I you know, he, we talked about it last podcast. He's kind of been it's been confusing me, especially this off season. Some of the moves he'd made are for win now. Some are trading away win now pieces for win later. And so he's kind of like dancing on the fence and it's just <clears throat> a team, you know, with Mahomes, who was the number one pick in the draft last year. He's got some pieces, but you know, it's just a matter of there's not a whole lot of star power on his roster when you go up and down it outside of Patrick Mahomes. That's a good way to put it. Star power, I think, is kind of what he lacks. Um, he's got a lot of good guys, but there's not anybody that is going to win you a week. Yeah, he kind of lost me a little bit just with the Amari Cooper trade. I feel like if he didn't right. trade away Amari Cooper, I feel like I'm I'm pretty on board with his, what he's doing because he's got some cornerstone pieces that he's working with. Um, yeah, you just kind of look up and down his roster uh, – yeah, his running backs like Chris Carson, Ronald Jones. I mean, yeah, they're they're solid. They're starters in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, they're going to get you some points. But uh, outside of you know Allen Robinson, hopefully Cooper Cup can uh, surmise some of his past magic to be able to you know score some points that uh, he's accustomed to scoring in previous years and. He's got some nice young pieces, but not a lot of draft picks either. It'll just be interesting to see maybe what what he does during the season to really either try to compete or continue to be rebuild. Yeah, Hayden, I love you, man, but I thought you were just straight doo-doo. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished <laughs> 10th. I did. It's just not a lot going on there for me. But I love you, man. I know you're one of the that listens to the pod. So, Mwah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's – there's a clear bottom two here in the power rankings, but as Zach will tell you, you can fire your way out. All it takes is one season, man. Where'd you guys have Hayden? I am 10th. Ninth. Did you have Don 10th? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, again, not so hurtful for Don, but Hayden's got, you know, just none of those guys that you're going to expect to score 20 points and you, you need a couple of those on your roster. So yep. move up. Let's go up the totem pole to the eighth slot. And we have a little bit of separation here from 9-10 to 8, and that is the Red Rocket and Clayton McLean, who was scoring 30 points on our table. 
Clayton's highest vote was for sixth place, and his lowest was a couple in ninth, but pretty consensus he was finishing eighth on most people's ballots. Yeah, don't don't look now, but Clayton, he's got his guys back, right? I mean, Dak Prescott off of injury. I mean, arguably top three quarterback before he got hurt. Uh, they were slinging the ball all over the place. And then Christian McCaffrey, I mean, guy's a cheat code. I think he's going to go right back to a 25-plus average points-per-game guy, if not 30. Uh, they're going to utilize him the way he sh- should be utilized, and he's just going to dominate. Um, and then he's got some really nice veteran pieces that some people might think are washed, but they're good if they're healthy. Julio, Keenan Allen. Uh, I've always been a fan of Kenny Galladay. It'll be – you know, we'll have to see how he does in New York, uh, on, you know, in a new offense. But uh, I like a lot of his pieces, and I think he can definitely compete week to week. Y'all, I've been saying it to Clayton, about Clayton, since last year. You know, y'all know how I feel. One more year. Means a lot of things to go right. But I think he's got one more year where maybe he can make some noise. If I was him, the good thing about our league, $100 buy-in, potentially more next year, we'll see. But $100 buy-in, like, if you have a chance to win, if you have an opportunity, go get it, man. Trade away your first. Just go get it, you know? Right. And if I was Clayton, like, I feel like he knows, like, this is kind of his his shot. I would be I would be throwing around my first and Trey Sermon and being like, hey, give me your studs, dude. I got to go get this thing. Yeah, Clayton fell victim to injuries last year. We all know yeah, that. For sure. And that's the reason in a dynasty power rankings he finds himself at eight is because there's no depth. And these pieces that we're talking about are getting older. You know, Keenan Allen turns 30 this year. Julio Jones is turning uh, 33 this year. And even Galladay on a new team, he's old for a receiver, 28. So, like, the guys just outside of Prescott and McCaffrey, there's not a lot of, like, of those kind of guys we're talking about for Dynasty that get you excited, those young studs that you're just like, yes, I'm so, I just want to go watch them and see every offensive play from them, you know, just lacking in that department. So that's why, you know, I would not be shocked when he makes the playoffs, but I also, you know, an injury away, there's no depth on the team. Yep. That's a big thing for me. All right. So we're going to move up here to the seventh slot. We have Anthony and team uninspired youth scoring 51 points on our scoring system. And let's see, Anthony's got votes as high as two and as low as nine. Wow. And I think that's the most fitting thing for his team. <laughs> he has high as two? Uh-huh. Wow. And as low as nine. Wow, that is crazy, the amount of distance between those positions. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle, I think, Uh Honestly, when you look at his roster, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, I mean, that's just – those are sexy to have in your starting lineup. Uh, And then Travis Kelsey, you know, yeah, he's 30-plus years old, but I don't think he's fallen off this year at all. I think he'll continue to be the Kelsey we know know and love to watch. And then Derrick Henry, he seems like age doesn't bother him at all either. I am worried because he did have almost 400 touches last year. So you got to think the wheels are going to start to fall off at some point. But, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of exciting pieces. So depending on who you are and how you view him, 
I could see it going either way, but I, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. I think he's right there as a, a guy that could make the playoffs, um, but not a heavy favorite from the, from the jump. Yeah. Having Justin Jefferson and CD lamb on your team, like he drafted both of them. He had a home run on both of them. Like good for him, man. Mm-hmm. Those are like two sexy mm-hmm. pieces to have on your team. Um, but outside of that, I think we can, we can assume that each team has depth problems. You know, you look at the bench and it's like not a lot of going on there. But like I feel like his is a little more prevalent <laughs> than than other ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you look at his bench, he's got Will Fuller, who I'm not that high on in Miami. Tyler Boyd. Other than that, you don't really have anybody on there that gives you promise if a couple of these guys go down to injury. So he's I think, got Devontae Smith though. Yeah, and if shit, if his track record with drafting wide receivers is point, then <laughs> heck yeah, man. As long as it's not Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, because I don't know that that's going to happen. But elite quarterback. Yeah, it's Anthony's team. It's just, the reason he's as high as two is because you, I'm going to list these four guys and tell me you can't see them playing for the championship like they did last year: Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson. Those are guys that could be could easily be number one at their position at the year end. Like easily, each one of those guys could be a number one at their own position. So that's why he's getting those high votes and why he's getting the low votes is because again, this is not in season in season. We get, you know, you're on a five game hot streak, five game losing streak. It's easier to pick and place teams, but in the off season, you know, you're looking dynasty. We're talking this league's forever, you know, this league, man, come on. So there's not much excitement in the future outside of the wide receiver position, which, you know, Aaron's point last week was pretty interesting talking about the value of receiver over running back. And I've put a lot, I thought about a lot about that lately, but for for voting purposes in the power rankings, I think you know, kind of right in the middle is about where Anthony um, deserved to be. And as you saw from the points, you know, he jumped eighth place was thirty points, seventh was fifty one, so he got a significant oh, wow. bump there. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. All right, so we will move on to six in the power rankings, and that will be Zach and Team Cooking Up More. So Zach finished or started last year at bottom of the power rankings, worked his way up, you know, tried so hard, struggled a little bit at the end. He got two first place votes. Wow. What? And one vote for eighth place. <laughs> so another one of those teams with a big spread. But here we, we're, we're getting into the first teams that have first or the teams that have first round or first place votes. And so Zach got 66 points on the scoring system. Yeah, I'd say all the teams from here on out, um, I'd say are contenders. I mean, not to disrespect the other four or whatever that we've gone over, but um, it's not hard to see the rest of these teams kind of being there at the end of the season. And, I mean, obviously his marquee move, Zach's this season, was drafting Rondell Moore. I'm just kidding. No, it was, uh, was, was getting Aaron Jones on his team. Um he had to give up some capital. What was it? Amari Cooper and Chris Carson. So he definitely had to pay up for him. But uh, I think now you definitely have, especially now that I've traded away CEH, the best running back core in the league. Uh, when you look at just like the three studs on there, because I, I consider Cam Akers to be really good. Um, and I think you definitely have, maybe not definitely, Maybe the best one-two punch at running back. Maybe. I think Saquon Zeke's pretty good. But Cook and Aaron Jones, 
you know, that's, that's, that's pretty sexy to look at. Yeah. I've given Zach quite a bit of shit on this podcast from show to show, but I have to give him some props. I think he's the most improved team thus far in the off season. I mean, That's if you look, one. if you look where he was this time last year and we were honestly trying to make fun of his team. And I think it was justified in some respects, <laughs> uh, but you look at it from then to now and just the moves that he's made, he has made himself a contender and really, I mean, outside of maybe receiver just having like a super stud receiver, which Chris Godwin was that at one point, maybe he can rejuvenate that. I mean, I don't see a ton of weaknesses and Matthew Stafford in LA, I think is going to be a total game changer for his outlook and just what he can do. He's just been stuck in Detroit his whole career. He's still relatively young. Uh, Zach's team is exciting and I would not want to be playing him first round of the playoffs. I, I do think Zach will make the playoffs. Oh, I think I'll play him first round of the playoffs because Dalvin Cook's probably going to be hurt by then. But <laughs> Alexander Madison. Week one, he's, you know, Zach's got this team. He's, he's really, I like what you said, Aaron, most improved. I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that, but I think, you know, off the top of my head, I think I'd agree with that. He really went out, you know, he, Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett added Carson Wentz in the rookie draft. Like that, that's an underrated move there that could pay off if he has that bounce back year. And then you just go down. He's got some of the depth pieces that the earlier teams that we mentioned don't necessarily have. Like, you know, you're not playing Michael Gallup, but you got him on the roster. Uh, Crowder, McKissick, you know, he's got some pieces that you can play week in, week out and not be like holding your breath the entire game. And he picked up Adam Troutman, which low key, very nice move. All right, so now we're going to get into the top half of the power rankings. Coming in at number five, scoring one more point than Zach is Steven in Team Mount Passmore. Wow. Steven got two first-place votes and one eighth-place vote. Oh my and the rest God. somewhere in between. Like like I was talking a little before the podcast, I think there's a clear top six, and we're getting into it. But I mean, like with these point system, with the point system we have here, it'll you know you'll you'll find out how close everything really is. But at the same time, so spread apart. Uh, I can go. Uh, I put Steven as my number one team uh, just because of his starters. So not really looking wow. at his depth, just looking at the starters. And when he did the trade with Chris. For CEH, I think that put it over the top for me. Because where is his weakness in his starting lineup? Justin Herbert, Nick Chubb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Diggs, Brown, Kittle, Thomas, 49ers defense, Landry. I mean, I guess Jarvis Landry would be a weakness. But yeah, the, the, the flex, I, th- I think, I think the that's flex an obvious the weakness. Yeah, I, I could see Jarvis Landry a high-end wide receiver three. Yeah, but I mean, outside of him, every single other position is just absolutely solid. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, he t- he take he took a little blow for me personally, not because of anything he did, but the Deshaun Watson saga. You know, yes, Herbert was great and fantastic, but rookie years, or rookie quarterbacks going a second year slump could happen. So that's something to keep an eye on. But he still got Brady. So I mean. The pieces to watch, I think, are James Robinson. You know, what the hell is going on in Jacksonville? Is he even a running back anymore? And then, you know, George Kittle, 
not saying he's injury prone, but he hasn't finished the last couple seasons. He's getting up there. You know, he, he needs to, he needs to show out a little bit. Yeah. Now I want to preface it that Steven's depth is, is not good. So if yeah, any one bad. of those guys, if any one of those guys got hurt, he's in a world of trouble. But when I looked at starters top to bottom, I was like, I, that's as good as the league has to offer. He's he's so I said before, I think there's a clear top four in the league. He's one of them for me, even though he's number five here. Um, and I think it's because whenever you start getting to these higher levels of teams, you really got to start looking at the whole team, not just the starters, but the depth, right? One of those guys goes down. The best teams that are going to be there at the end have those guys week 15, yep. week 16. That And that, that also has to do a lot with working the waiver wire as well. But they just have those guys on the bench that like, damn, this is not going to be pretty, but David Montgomery, please get me RB2 numbers, you know? Just like, I just need something that's going to be there. And uh, Steven's team looks hot right right now, but I think him more than any other top team, um, an injury will really derail him, I think. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So move on from five into a tie for third place. We've got two teams scoring 70 on the Bull scoring crap. system. Bull Three above Steven and Mount Passmore. And those two teams are Kyle Stretch, reigning champion of this league 2020 champ, and our boy Chris Mitchum and Team Fairlife, both scoring 70 on the scale. And let's check out their votes here. Uh, Stretch had three first place votes, and he went down to one eighth place vote where Chris's votes were all two through five and then one seventh place. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Put that chip on your shoulder, huh? I had stretch at seventh. Just because, I mean, Kamara, he's not going to be, Kamara and Kyler Murray carried his team last year, right? We can all agree on that. Without, without one of them, he is, Nowhere near championship. Kamara is not going to be the Kamara of last year. I'm sorry. Whether it's Jameis, whether it's Taysom Hill, I'm sorry. Yeah, he'll be an RB1, probably. But, like, there's just a lot of uncertainty there. We all went over our, not disdain, but we're all pretty low on Josh Jacobs this year. Mike Evans, have fun with your two catches for five yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that might happen some. I mean, and then Hunter Henry, Jerry Judy, and Debo Samuel is what you're rolling out? I, I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just think it's not that hard. I'm I, I'm just speechless. I'm sorry. <laughs> the rivalry continues between Chris and Stretch on the podcast. I mean, am I but, wrong yeah. though? Like, how where'd you guys run? So okay, so I, you know, my my he's he got my first place vote. So this is where I I come in and out with how I do these rankings. <laughs> what? And he gets an edge. He gets a little couple bonus points for being the reigning champ. You know, I think I kind of played into a little bit of last year nostalgia. But anything that anything that were props given to Steven for having a strong starting roster, you know, the flex is a little iffy for stretch. But otherwise, I think his starters are really good. You know, adding Amari Cooper really solidified the receiver position. And... Just, I mean, Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, you know, the guys there, you know, still the depth is eh at best, but for being the reigning champ stretch, I gave you a little bump there. Yeah, I had stretch, I think, 
either fourth or fifth, just like, you know, middle of the pack, still there to very much so make the playoffs. Um, and I, I kind of see, you know, both sides. I, I like Amari Cooper a lot. I think he really benefits stretches receiving core. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, I think is still going to show out. He's going to be a top QB as long as he can stay healthy. There's the, you know, possibility he gets injured just because of his sheer size. He's just shorter in stature and just, uh, historically, you know, shorter and, and smaller guys in the league tend to get hurt a little more often. Uh, Hunter Henry, that's a question mark for me at tight end. You don't know how he's going to be in the new England offense and he's got to split time with Johnny Smith, uh, and Jerry Judy, uh, we'll see, you know, I think he's very dependent on who the quarterback is there, what his production is going to be. But, uh, I do like a lot of his pieces, uh, that he does have Josh Jacobs and Mike Evans are both question marks as well for me, but, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't have him as high as you do, Tim. I don't, I don't have him as low as Chris does. I think I'm, I'm in the middle. Yeah. I like some of the bench pieces. I'll add that in there real quick. So, you know, going from Mike Gesicki tight end seven last year with two and, Fitzpatrick and all over the place. So another year he should get better. Uh, Marvin Jones was, you know, he, I think he lost that trade from whenever he got rid of Lockett, but he's a good depth piece. And then still technically the starter in Denver until my guy takes over Melvin Gordon. Uh, Low key, a lot of things nicely being said about Gio Bernard in Tampa Bay. Tom's going to like throwing him the ball. I'll say as a Bengals fan. So that's one to watch for. I've already said my piece. All right, so you want to dissect Chris's team here. He's at 70 points as well and tied with Stretch for third place. Aaron? Yeah, I think Chris deserves to be up here, especially with some of the moves that he did. Uh, Getting Zeke in a trade, that's easily a win-now mode trade. I think Zeke's going to be a clear-cut RB1 this year. I do. Uh, As far as the years beyond that, not sure, but I can say I with confidence. <laughs> I, I, I think with confidence he will be good this year. Um, and then you know, Ridley just benefits from that Julio trade so much. DJ Moore, I think, is gonna come to life with uh Sam Darnold at quarterback now. Uh you got Robert Woods, who's just consistent, just you know, 15 point a game kind of guy, just Tim's favorite. no matter what. Dude, I'm uh, I'm loading my team with Tim favorites, man. David Montgomery, Robert Woods, just it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hard for you whenever you smack all your whenever you see them hoisting the nut. Those two, and how can you forget about the stallion and, and Saquon Barkley? So, Josh yeah, Allen, Zach Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you're ignoring the undisputed, locked and loaded, no doubt about it. Just put it on the board. RB one, can you drink? Hey, he he can take over for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, honestly, you know, and and Chris improved his depth as well with getting David Montgomery from me. Uh, that was a, a big question mark for me on his team, just especially at running back. So with him addressing that and some of his young receiver pieces, I think he he deserves this spot. Yeah, Chris, I had you at two overall. I texted you. Uh, let you know that those moves I was a big fan of. And then you've got a dual threat quarterback, true dual threat quarterbacks in this league really make a difference. I mean, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray were playing in the championship game. Josh Allen's, you know, right there with them in terms of uh, rushing touchdown ability yards. And then he really came into his own as a passer last year. 
And then your, your lineup, you know, compared to like a starter favorite, like you're running back, you're starting five are super solid in my opinion. All guys that can go off Josh Allen, Barkley, Elliott, Ridley, and more. The flex, you know, it's Bobby Woods, it's whatever, and it's David Montgomery, it's whatever. However, they finish high. So, I mean, you you, you were my number two vote uh, for the power rankings. Michael Pittman Jr. I'm just kidding. No. Who's um, that? He hasn't done anything yet? Uh-huh. Dude, I'm just saying, when it mattered last year, playoff game, 12 targets. Just saying. Just saying. He, he was starting to come to his own. Anyway, um, no, I, I, I think I had myself three. Because um, I think there's the, the there's the big four in my opinion. I had myself three, and I think really there's a reason why, and I've hammered this point home before. There's a reason why Saquon Saquon Barkley went two overall in the rookie draft. I basically did not get any of him last year. If he is even half as productive as Christian McCaffrey is, if he's averaging twenty twenty five, imagine how many games that would have won me last year. So. You know, uh, somebody with the caliber of him, an undisputed top three. Well, I'm trying to trying to uh, solve Tim's conundrum here. Top five? Is he top five, Tim? I don't know. I feel like everybody agrees he's at least top three, like, but you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, undisputed, yeah. undisputed top five running back, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the fact that I got Hawk in there now as a guy who's not going to lead the tight end spot, I like that a lot. I'm excited to ride Josh Allen to the nut this year. See you guys there. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Aaron, did you say where you had Chris? I think I had him fourth. If you yeah. don't want to say, you don't have to. It's okay. You don't have to ruin friendships no, no. over this. <laughs> I was trying to remember. No, I had him fourth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's 70 points tied for third between Chris and Stretch. So now we're in the top two. There are two teams left, and there's two on this podcast that haven't been called. All right, so coming in second place with 75 points would be myself in the Mixon administration. And so I had one first-place vote, not for me. I put myself at third, I believe. Um, And then my lowest was six. So a little spread out, but spread in the top half of the the voting system here. So I'll let you guys talk first. Um, Yeah. So uh, it's, it's good. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, um, just going even through the starting lineup, really the only maybe hole I can see is quarterback, but I mean, even, you have a lot of pieces that could go off. I mean, out of the three that you have, Cousins, Burrow, and Justin Fields, I'm sure one of them will do it. But I think my favorite thing about your team is honestly your depth. I mean, when you are when you can choose from running backs of Chase Edmonds, who, knock on wood, I don't know if James Conner is going to be all that effective. Yeah. But knock on wood, nobody else goes there. Chase Edmonds, easy. I like an easy flex piece. Miles Sanders, he's the RB1 on some people's teams. You have him on your bench. Um, and Zach Moss. Uh, and, of course, Javante Williams. God, I didn't even see him. Jesus. Okay, you have him too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then, honestly, I, I just love Jamar Chase. I've, I've been doing a little bit more research on him, and he's just going to be so good. It's going to be so annoying. And, like, the idea of rookie wide receivers taking time, I feel like it's just out of the window now. You look at DK Metcalf two years ago, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. It's just out of the window. You need to wait for them anymore. So, 
Yeah. Number two, he was number two for me too. Yeah. I had Tim number two as well. Uh, I just think you look at his pieces, uh, D hop, decaf Metcalf, Darren Waller. I am, I mean, not Darren Waller, just all over the place. He's so good. Waller the baller. He just is going to get all of the target volume in that offense this year. You got DeAndre Swift and yeah, going to the depth as well. I just, the running backs is crazy. Um, and if you can plug in Jamar Chase, if he is what we all think he he could be, mm-hmm. um, man, that, that lineup outside of quarterback, I mean, um, just really solid. I mean, you got Kirk Cousins in there right now, but I'm sure you'd put either Burrow or Justin Fields in there, whoever emerges as the season rolls on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, his yeah. running backs are Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. God, Chase God. Edmonds and Zach Moss for good measure as well. And yeah, a little sexy, little, little cute little pieces <laughs> on the end. It's a lot of depth for sure. Yeah, I say so I put myself at three. My my team, and so like I this whole debate on how do you do power rankings. For dynasty offseason power rankings, I am not surprised to be at the top. But at the same time, I'm not going to be shocked come season if I'm dwindling into the mid-tier, into the four to six range. Just because, like, you look at these guys, and it's the reason you love dynasty, and it's why I love, like, kind of playing GM and doing, like, franchise mode on all my sports games is, you know, I got the Gibson, I got the Swift, the Brandon Ayuk, DK, all these young guys. You know, like, I love the young guys that produce. And, you know, I agree the quarterback is the weakest spot, but Cousins was quarterback 11 last year. So he's not a, he's not a slouch. He's thrown to Thielen and Jefferson. He's got targets and, you know, he doesn't have any running ability. That's the biggest thing. It's really going to depend on if Burrow is healthy and takes another step forward. And if Fields maybe takes the starting gig, quarterback's the worst. Um, but even receiver depth, you know, it's, it's iffy, but. You know, having Jamar Chase, Russell Gage, like I talked about earlier, Rager was a first round rookie last year out of Philly. You know, I don't really like the Philly offense anymore, but I've got I've got the depth that I really like, and I think, like I said, not surprised just to be at the top of an off season power ranking. All and that right. leaves uh, uh, the end of the show. Right? Is that it? We're gonna wrap yep, up. Here all right, and, well, uh, get we're on gonna sign off here. All right, oh. and everybody, goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number one in the power ranking scoring, 85. That's 10 more. So 85 first place. I had 75 second. So clearly head and shoulders above the rest. That's Aaron and team Let Russ Cook. Aaron's votes, he had two first, three second, three third, two fourth. So he's all votes in the top four. And when you compress those up there, that's where you get all these points from. Chris? Um, weird thing about Aaron's team. So I had him one as well. <clears throat> but the weird thing about his team is I don't think he has the best starting lineup in the league. I don't. Um, when you look at his flex positions, uh, you got, you know, Austin Eckler and T. Higgins in there right now. You could always put, um, you know, a Gus Edwards, Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard even, something like that. But I think look at full package, right? I think his his team is the, the gold standard right now. He has what I think is the top two wide receivers in the game, period. And Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, assuming that 
Um, everything stays the same. I think Najee Harris, nobody would be surprised if he finishes an RB1 this year. I don't think anybody would. Uh, just the amount of workload he's going to get over there. Um, I, I think his season really comes down. And Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard, I think if you go one of them, it's going to work out just fine. Yeah. I really think his season is going to come down to J.K. Dobbins. Looking at the team, if I had to choose one guy, it's him. If Todd Gurley goes up going there and he doesn't get the pass catching work that a lot of people expect him to, um, and you know, you have Gus Edwards and Todd Gurley being those between the tackles goal line guys, I really think he needs Dobbins to to kind of put him over the top. Um, but I can honestly see why his wide receivers just are just kind of too overwhelming to overcome. And uh, I think he's deserving to be one. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Definitely deserving to be number one. You know, Russell Wilson, you're just a solid quarterback. I was looking at history. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, with the, you know Pete Carroll's talking run game, maybe he's going to slip a little bit. He's finished top 10 or better every year except his rookie year. And his rookie year, he was eleven. So, like, he's just Mr. Consistent. He's going to be a, a QB1. So, like, I can't really nitpick that. But it's it's going to be a lot of a lot of eyes on the young running backs, right? Dobbins and Harris. But then the fact that you have Eckler coming back from injury, he was – he's the – I don't know. I had him, what, two years ago when he was four PPR leagues. He's going to be, assuming health, easily a running back one just because of those targets out of the backfield. And Herbert didn't have him last year, so it'd be interesting to see how that gets used. But it's just it's it's really hard to put you not number one. Um, so trading away David Montgomery, like I said earlier, I I liked him on your team as that depth running back piece. But you're you're, you're well built with Dobbins. If he goes down, you have Gus Edwards already on the roster. You don't have to go searching for a backup. You've got Kareem Hunt, so who you can flex even if you know if Chubb goes down, Hunt's RB one. But if he's not, he's still like a high two, you know, so you've got the depth pieces to plug and play on any given week. So I definitely think deserving of number one. Aaron, you're so well built, dude. You work out. Dude, always, man. Do you yeah. even lift? <laughs> uh, so I actually had myself uh, at three. Um, I feel like I. Such a humble a- man. Wow. <laughs> Look at the humble guy. Get that Look man a wife. <laughs> exactly yeah please if anybody knows him, <laughs> he said uh, but really um yeah will, will pay for a wife <laughs> uh but no so if you know i'm just being trying to be totally honest with my team i think i kind of agree with chris's assessment of my starters i don't think i have the best starting lineup in the league uh, but my depth just up and down at every position i feel like if there was an injury i can get somebody that's at least in the ballpark to be able to get me some points week to week, um, especially my receivers. I feel like I just have a lot of uh, a good mix of some veteran guys and then some guys that are young that could really pop off. Um, and my tight end depth, I also got Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. And if he is who we all think he could be, maybe he becomes my starter over Russell midseason. So um, I, I do like how I've built my team. And I thought about keeping Dave Montgomery on my team. I really did uh, just because of that depth and being able to, to plug him in in case an injury were to happen. But I felt like I just I had enough guys in, in, if that situation were to arise that um, maybe I could just capitalize on, on how highly valued Dave Montgomery is heading into this season to get a future piece, um, especially if he's 
going to ride my bench and I was planning on it, you know, going into the season. So, um, but yeah, I much appreciated to the league for thinking, you know, highly of my team and that doesn't mean anything though. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean anything at all until we actually play it out. So, uh, looking forward to competing. So real quick, cause we're already kind of running long here, but real quick, do you guys kind of have like tiers in your mind of like kind of where teams are in the league. So like for me, there's a clear top four. That's like a tier, right? It's no particular order. Me, Aaron, Tim, and Steven, I think, are kind of like the top four guys that are just going to be up there. And then you kind of have like the second tier, which is like Stretch and Anthony is kind of – and Zach are kind of there. And I think Clayton's in his own tier. And then it kind of goes Don and Hayden for me. Um, I don't know if you guys had anything like that, just kind of ready in your mind, but um, that's kind of how I looked at it. For, for me, it's it's like I said, it's the top six. It's it's the six guys who happen to be one through six in the power rankings here because that's, you know, we're a 16 playoff format. And I think rightfully so, you know, you can nitpick and say Anthony needs to be up there, but that's why he got such high and low votes, one to nine. Um, I think there's a clear top six if we're looking playoff format. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, I didn't really think of it in tiers. When you said those tiers, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I probably would have put those uh, pretty similarly as far as just how you laid it out. Um, It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think we've still got quite a few teams that are going to be contending this year. Um, and it's going to be interesting as the league goes on year to year, how many, just like the, the pair is it was, what's called the parody of the teams between each other of, of how much they're competing as opposed to rebuilding. And, um, it'll be cool. And Don's just going to come out of nowhere and win this year, isn't he? He's just going to do it. And it'll be, it'll be Hayden watch. <laughs> I know. Any given week, man. I know. Tim, you're, you said you had a top six. Does Anthony or Zach miss out on that? Presently constructed, Anthony just misses out. Mine are the one through six that we have consensus. Okay. But like I said, you could nitpick me and Anthony could deserving. So like I might, I wanted to go top six for playoffs, but I think it's clearly top seven are what I would say contenders. And then the other three pretenders. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. Power rankings are so much fun. Uh, Get to trash talk and. Also we praise a, and we need a good cute graphic to come out of this. Oh, buddy. <laughs> On the way. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is your fixin' for the bi-weekly. The bi-week. Bi-weekly. I don't know how to put that. But yes, as you guys know, bi-weekly shows up until the start of the season, then we come in at you every week. So hold on to your pants. We're still coming to you guys. I think the next episode, we're going to start those player interviews that you guys have been waiting for. So expect some texts. Expect some scheduling. We want every single one of your butts to hop on a Zoom call with us. And Zoom, not a sponsor. And just talk about your team. Um, Talk about your strengths, your weaknesses, and how you feel you are going into next year. So as always... Listen to us on the podcast streaming platforms that matter. That is Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on the Instagram and the Twitters um, at this league underscore pod. And email us with comments, suggestions, compliments at thisleague2020 at gmail.com. 
And as always, subscribe, download. You ain't got to listen. Just download. Helps helps my ego a little bit. Review this thing, five stars, six stars, whatever you want to do. And just slap the crap out of that like button. Demolish it. Crush it. Stomp on it. Dilly whop it. Snap it to be <laughs> Dilly whop it. <laughs> uh, just, just go ahead and, and click it. Yeah. You can click it. That works too. Yeah. If you lame like that. And I forgot at the top of the show to mention um, two name changes, actually. So we have Cooking Up More, who is now Zach, who was the Broad Ripple Swim team, then changed his name to We Want More. And now Cooking Up More. I like that more than We Want More. That's a lot of mores in one sentence. Jesus. <laughs> we want more. And then we also had Hayden going from the Big Ben Revenge Tour to Country Roads. Everybody now. Take, Take Mahomes. 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 Oh, that was going to be awful. People's ears are bleeding. Nah, they love it. They love it. The people love it. All right. That's all I got, guys. Anything else to add before we do sad here? Nope. Not a... Get your team names ready, baby. I'm Chris Mitchum. Love you guys to pieces. I'm out. Peace. Go on, get.